Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm not your host, Dave. And Tori. <laughs> you did it. What, what did you did do it? to Tori? <laughs> Finally. And Tori. Tori? You, Hold on, you, I'll, I'll Did you die? Up. Dang, I thought it was Dave this time. I was hoping. Hello, Internet. Perfect. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll, just, we'll just move on and hope Tori catches up by good thing. Uh, so, Craig, what's your good thing this week? Well, so I think this is going to be a first for me. Uh, this week, my good thing is a person. Uh, unfortunately, they are not named Dave. Uh, I know that's the theme. Um, so this is a, a guy. Uh, his name is Matt Parker. Uh, he he has a YouTube channel called Stand Up Maths. Uh, he's also been on Number File. So you guys, if, if you've ever watched any of those kind of educational math-related uh youtube videos maybe you've seen them but he's a really funny guy he's he has a a very interesting sense of humor like that's sort of dry british type humor going on but uh he does on his channel he does things like calculator reviews where he unboxes various calculators and tries them out and does things and he does neat mathematical stuff on his channel and like i said he's also been on number file anyway he somewhat recently published a book called humble pie which is about mathematical mistakes and other misconceptions that have affected the world, whether it be in engineering, computing, um, that sort of thing. So it's, it's actually been a, a pretty interesting read. Uh, but I would say, you know, check them out. If, you, if you're not familiar, I mean, educational YouTube in general, I think, is a, a really good thing. Uh, but he has a channel called Stand Up Maths, or you could just also look up Number File, which he sometimes guest stars on. All right. Uh, Dave, what's your good thing this week? I also like number file. Uh, my good thing this week, let's stick with the team and let's pick a Dave out of the hat. Uh, we're going to go with Dave Foley this week. Um, this will be, I guess, my third time basically having news radio as my good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Dave Foley, he played Dave from news radio. He was the, the news director of the radio station. A uh, really funny, dry, sarcastic humor. Um, he was also on a sketch comedy show done by Lauren Michaels, uh, produced by Lauren Michaels called The Kids in the Hall. And they had their own movie, which was basically just a compilation of the sketches from the TV show. So, the movie's called Brain Candy, but just watch the show. The movie's kind of pointless. Um, <laughs> and let's see what else. He was also, you, speaking of Lauren Michaels, you guys remember that Saturday Night Live sketch, It's Pat? Um, yes. I, there, I Yeah. There was a movie based on that sketch where Dave Foley plays Pat's significant other, Chris. Um, but... Mainly news radio, kids in the hall, uh, <laughs> uh, two really funny shows. Um, kids and kids in the hall. If you're not sure, it's just it's basically just like it's like Saturday Night Live but recorded and super Canadian, like even more Canadian than Saturday Night Live. Uh, what, oh yeah, A Bug's Life. He was also the voice of Flick in A Bug's Life, and 
I'm, I, I actually watched a little bit of the movie. I, I didn't have time to, to watch the entire film this week, but I was impressed by how much livelihood that he put into the performance of doing that car- cartoon character because normally he's just so dry and reserved and really that's kind of his angle. But like they got a lot out of him for a bug's life and he, he did a really good performance. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, say too much about the movie. I don't want to spoil anything. It's a completely original plot and all that. Um, anyway. So yeah, Dave Foley, um, very, a very long time influencer of my personal sense of humor since I was a kid. I don't think I realized he played Flick. Yeah, he's he's Flick. He's the uh, the inventor, scientist, ant explorer guy who hires the 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 other bugs. Well, I don't know if watching you that movie, I thought of a great line. Um, so you know how like when you're about to like you're in a showdown with someone and you're about to take him out and you're like your days are numbered. But if they're ants or like some kind of bug that has a short lifespan, you could say your day is numbered. Your day is number. Your day is. Numbered. <laughs> That's my good thing. Uh, so it's Pat was a wild, wild failure. Uh, it had a fairly limited theatrical release. It made no money from that and got pulled after, I think, two weeks. And I, I think it's like total total theatrical um, pull was something in either four or five digits which is which is nothing for a for a movie like it's it's one of the more interesting theatrical failures to read about if if you decide to go look that up uh so my good thing this week is a bug's life um again piggybacking on dave's month of dave um dave foley plays flick uh a bug's life is a a kid-friendly remake of Seven Samurai or The Magnificent Seven, because they're the same story. The Magnificent Seven is a remake of Seven Samurai. And it's, I don't know, it's like as good as as any of the retellings of those ever are, which is to say pretty freaking good. Um, the the voice acting is is wonderful. The like as as Dave pointed out, Dave Foley is just phenomenal in it. Um Man, I could even, as a sub-point to this good thing, I could throw in David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, he played the stick. <laughs> it was pretty good in that. My um, favorite is the caterpillar. Yes. Uh, so One there's... day I'll be a beautiful butterfly, and it will be all better. Uh, the One of the jokes in there is when, when the kids do like the art of the warriors, uh, the caterpillar is dead, because <laughs> in, in like every other version of Seven Samurai or Magnificent Seven... One of them dies before the end of it, uh, so they they sort of that bit of art was more true to the original story than like the the movie was. But yeah, it was just <laughs> yeah, a, a fun meta joke. Not having seen either of the movies that it was based on, I, I probably missed a bunch of nuance like that. I also feel like um, Princess Elaine was like like I just I don't want Flick to end up with Princess. I I, I didn't finish watching the movie, and it's been year I haven't seen it since theaters but like i just i don't want flick to end up with princess elaine like princess ada whatever she was voiced by elaine but yeah it's like i guess she comes around to him but i just hate the way she treats him in the beginning i don't know if he does end up with her i mean honestly like i said i didn't see i didn't do my homework this week. uh so that was my good thing tori what you got i have been powering through the magnus archives 
which is a podcast and was a previous good thing of mine, but it's still a good thing. They're in their final season right now and they're rapidly approaching the end. I say rapidly, it's got a few weeks left to go. Um, but I decided I was going to start over at the beginning and listen to the whole thing, you guys. And it's only been a week and I've already listened to like 150 episodes because I can't stop. Help. Send help. Wow. It's quite an archive binge there. It's so good. It's so good. All right. Uh, so, Dave, I think you read a couple of chapters probably this morning, apparently, according to things um, you said before we started recording. Yeah, one, one last night, went to bed at 4 a.m., and then one this afternoon, right before my nap, right before recording. Okay. Okay, so this week, we are going to cover chapters 6 and 7 of Magic Cowboy Batman. By Brandon Sand Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> it really is Magic Cowboy Batman. <laughs> oh. uh, shout outs to DC Comics, or um, if you want to say their full name, Detective Comics Comics. Yep. That's the <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. Chapter six. I don't think there's a proportional increase in strength. Bloody aluminum. How much is gold even worth? Wayne has Mordekaiser's ult, and I apologize because I know nobody that's directly involved with making this podcast is a fan of League of Legends, except for me. Uh, but hopefully some of our listeners play League of Legends and understand what I mean when I say Mordekaiser's ult. But we'll get over it. We'll go over it and then get over it. Uh, Mordekaiser's, where was I? Magic Cowboy Batman. Oh, don't you think Wax could just steel push the bandits' guns as they're cocking them? Something about the bandit leader. Miles Prower? Bruce Wax must decide which hostage to save. <laughs> Bulletproof serving platter. Great flick. The guy is brilliant. Morassi Smirk. Illumagnum. He'd only missed once. So far. Oh, no. Morassi Brev. Miles, whoever that is, was a twin born. What metal gives the swashpushing ability? Okay. Morassi is more smart than she is Brev. Wayne should have taken that left <laughs> turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque, dude. It's true. Uh, he wouldn't be in this mess. All right, I, um, I think I know where you're going with that. Please carry on. Um, <laughs> cut out the laugh. It's it's not cool if I laugh at my own joke before I even tell it. Why would I That's start exactly that exactly why he's leaving it in. <laughs> This is future Mike reporting in, so I'm a lazy buffer, so I didn't edit anything. Except Mike does actually work very hard. Um, present Dave saying to future Mike. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to get him to keep this in or remove it, but it's working. Whatever oh, this it is, is. This is all staying in. All the listeners at home are like, gosh, what happened to Dave this episode? He's not in here at all. Oh, star. Uh... Waxman has to choose between saving Steris and the boy Wainder. Okay, this is bullcrap. Something was bullcrap. We'll go over it. Um, (laughs) Metalborn, Bloodmaker. Wayne has enough stored in his Wolverine mines for one more bullet wound. Wait, hold on. You're mixing comics. Uh, Unallowed. (laughs) No, 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 no. There's, There's an amalgam comics that actually takes characters from Marvel and DC and puts them together. Uh, it was. It's happened a couple of times that Marvel and DC have like worked together for a. Okay, for so a we have Wolverine imprint. and Batman. 
Listen, haven't you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? They sure. crossed worlds, dude. That's and worlds. specifically, there's a character called the Dark Claw that is a combination of Wolverine and Batman. Wow. There oh it my is. Goodness. So if we it's put Wayne. Wax and Wayne together. Oh, it's Wax. It's Wayne. Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> you accidentally referenced a real thing. Good job. <laughs> All right. Ben Deloy is just a literary device that allows for witty asides, isn't it? <laughs> Wait, but does that make Wayne Zach Morris? Where did Morassi learn to shoot like that? Everybody? Where did Morassi learn to shoot like that? Craig, I'm counting on you, dude. I, oh, I feel like I, you're doing a call and response thing, but I don't know what the response is. I know, is. and my brain has broke. Oh, oh, it's from the arcade. Oh, my goodness. I forget the line. 7-Eleven. Oh, Come from on. 7-11. It's not hard. 7-Eleven. <laughs> okay. Um, Miles Dang from- it. I failed. <laughs> Just taking out this episode. I even, I even forced you to look up the Back to the Future script <laughs> yesterday. Like, come on. <laughs> sure, but not that scene. But you're right. You're right. It was. I, I did need to look up Back to the Future 2 for the bulletproof vest thing right oh. and 7-eleven line was back to the future three fine yeah sorry all right uh cut back in here where did marassi learn to shoot like that craig 7-eleven that's right miles was one <laughs> he's not gonna edit anything flawless <laughs> so good. uh miles was one of the best lawmen next scene breton constable constable master Lieutenant Reddit, Wayne takes a confidence. <laughs> Man, this is the best. I didn't. This, all right, I like. We're this. only in the bullet points here <laughs> of the first chapter of two. Uh, Wayne takes a confiscated aluminum gun and replaces it with a gun that shoots out a little flag that says "bang." Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> uh, Wayne thinks that guns and ammunition work like in video games. <laughs> some true. video games some video games have specific ammunition for each gun but some video games use the same bullets for every gun yep you just have ammo uh i'm not sure how to respond a common response to wayne wax gonna try to steal wayne's true love uh and although i have i have an addendum to that after reading chapter seven and thus the quest for the lucky hat begins and that's the end of chapter six man there's a lot happening yeah, I'm surprised I got this many bullet points out of an action sequence, because usually those are really fun to read, but hard to talk about in detail. Well, why don't you tell us in detail? All right. Uh, so first bullet point, there's a proportional increase in strength, and that's what Wax thinks as he taps his iron mines. Yeah, he has the iron dudes. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, oh, there's got to be some proportional increase in strength to go along with my mass increase but he says wait but i think it's really a mass increase um and i i don't think that's quite the case here i think that tapping a steel mind is just special or iron mind tapping an iron mind is just kind of a special case because you don't store strength with an iron mind getting strength out of an iron mind like like actual pure strength would just be op because that that would be pewter, right? So, so uh, I took to him mentioning uh, increase in strength, as in he can with 
withstand any additional force that he needs to give out. So it's not necessarily strength as in what you would get from Pewter so much as his body is capable of handling the force that he's about to exert. Yeah, and I'm sure that Wax also doesn't have all of the ferrochemical information that we have. And, oh, maybe. Maybe he's got some some that we don't and some that we do. Uh, but at any rate, he's he's not probably not looking at it scientifically, especially not in the moment where he's, like, getting ready to shoot some dudes. What if it's an increase in his, like, bone and muscle density? What's the difference between that and strength? I mean, obviously, it's not the same effect as tapping a pewter mind, right? But right, um, right. But if he's if he's tapping his, what did we say it was, an iron mind, and suddenly he's a whole lot heavier than he should be, then it makes sense that his legs are going to be strong enough to continue to hold him up. Right, right. And I think I think maybe relative to handling his own body, maybe the uh, the iron minds or the steel. The Iron Minds do give him relative strength with respect to his own body, which is fine. But that's kind of interesting. I don't know. It's it it's this is kind of blurring the line between Iron and Pewter, and I'm kind of scratching my head at it. Well, maybe there's like a small amount of crossover between them. Like you know, pu- um, tapping Pewter makes you physically larger, so wouldn't that also make you heavier at the same time a little bit? Yeah. You know, I have to appreciate the fact that we're at least thinking of this sort of thing, because this sort of question comes up in comic books all the time. It's like, if you have this power, you also need these secondary powers in order to withstand the force or speed or whatever ability you have in order to survive. Like, for example, the Flash, there's a lot of secondary stuff that has to happen in order for him to have super speed. And here we are thinking about that. Yeah, like he has to not destroy his tendons as he's running. Sure. All right. Uh, so dude's got aluminum bullets and stuff. Um, and they're like, oh, they're just shooting it there. And so they don't they don't fire the aluminum bullets right away. They wait until they see that there's a steel pusher around. And, you know, shoot aluminum is valuable in this world. So they say it's like shooting a gold bullet. But how valuable is gold? I think that's kind of maybe a weird comparison to make. Is gold actually comparable in value to aluminum? It seemed it seemed a little out of world for for Wax to make this comment like mentally well, or if, for it to if be their values, if if their values are comparable to the values of those metals on Earth for this roughly same tech level, then aluminum is actually significantly more valuable than gold. So I, um, I'll also point out that I believe uh, gold, like it was used as part of their currency back in Final Empire era. Where they had different denominations. Gold of galleons. Coins. So gold is still a Silver unit. Serpents. Gold is still a unit of of value. It's used economically. So being able to compare it to the cost of gold is basically like what what is this amount in money? That yeah, I guess it would be like shoot. saying this is like shooting a bullet made out of hundred dollar bills or something. Right. Yeah. All right. Speaking That's of right. which, not a bad idea. It's the bullet. What? <laughs> doesn't break <laughs> apart because you can't affect it with allomancy. <laughs> it's paper. Also, it would do like no damage, but still, it's paper. I, would, I bet they could figure out a way to make paper bullets. Maybe they're a LARPing. Lightning, um, <laughs> lightning gold. Lightning gold. There's, <laughs> there's a, a Telltale game about what Borderlands where they do finger guns. 
Like there's a whole big scene or something. Um, the the main series Borderlands, uh, specifically Borderlands Two, one of the DLCs has a gun that shoots swords that explode into <laughs> other smaller swords Why? that also explode. <laughs> so, yep, completely irrelevant to what we're talking about, but. I just wanted to put that out there. All right. So the comment about gold is was was uh, suspicious at first, but I can kind of see like if gold is currency, that would be like saying they're shooting money bullets or something like that. All right. So Wayne has Mordekaiser's ult, and sorry for the people actually in this room with me right now, but for our listeners <laughs> um, who have played League of Legends and understand this, this is for you guys. But I'll explain it. So in League of Legends, one of the champions, his name is Mordekaiser. When he reaches level six, he gets an ability, uh, and level six abilities are referred to as ults in League of Legends, or ultimate abilities, because that's that's the strongest ability that that champion gets. At level six, Mordekaiser gets an ability to take another champion into the Shadow Realm and fight them one v one. So mm. that's basically what Wayne is doing. He's pulling, he's, he's pulling uh, each enemy into a little time bubble and fighting them 1v1 right instead yep. of yeah. it. and also it's earth mode because he keeps doing it over and over again all right i don't i don't know what that part means <laughs> that's sure. okay we'll let that one go next uh <laughs> next one uh so why isn't wax just like straight up steel pushing people's guns out of their hands like i get that there are innocent bystanders and stuff and he's trying not to get anybody hurt but there's definitely like cooldown time where people are like i don't know they got like the little plunger they got to stick the next bullet in or something well so that's not how guns work sure it is. didn't you ever read three musketeers oh my god <laughs> they're probably using something equivalent to a, a revolver which can shoot multiple bullets at once but they so... still they have to pull the hammer back after each shot don't they in this era i don't so think with so. this level of technology mike sorry i'm typing what I don't think Mike knows. So at this level of technology, do or do they have automatic pistols or do they have to cock the hammer every time they shoot? I believe they would still need to cock the hammer every time they shoot, but this is what this saying. is outside of my range of knowledge, so I'm mostly making things up. Oh, well, we'll get it in the YouTube comments. Next well, point. So Texas Blade in our chat says trigger should pull the hammer back. So typically it's a mechanical uh, it's it's interact it's um interface such that you use the trigger which pulls the hammer back and then like I I, I don't fully remember that's why I'm I'm gonna go by our our chat because I don't fully uh, remember I have seen videos on this and it's like the misconceptions of what people need to do for example cocking the gun even with older guns it's not really a thing it's just it's dramatic and that's why you see it a lot in TV and movies and things like that ah. Uh. Yeah, All right, if we're maybe. talking about guns, I'm going to trust the guy from Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, well then. All right, so maybe there is less opportunity to still push the guns away than I thought. He'd have to wait till all their rounds are empty, and he's kind of hoping that they don't shoot anything. All right, so that answers that question. Next question, something about the bandit leader. Um, who's Miles? Am I supposed to have heard this name from the intro? Because it's not blood. It's not. Um, you I have seen said, that name before. I almost said his real name by mistake. Sorry. So it's not. It's not Bloody Tan or Dirty Dan or whatever his name is. Correct. Um, is Miles the other guy who was like 
the rival gang leader that they mentioned. Incorrect. Like, when they shot the dude off the roof, they're like, that was Miles. And then Larissa's like, nope, it wasn't Miles. So the the only thing you, you've heard at this point is that Miles is another lawman of a different region of the Ruffs. Okay, which is also mentioned in this chapter. Sure. Okay. Uh, Bruce Max, Bruce Wax. I don't know who Bruce Max is. <laughs> it's another character. <laughs> uh, that's Maybe a crossover he's... between DC and whatever comics Mad Max is printed on. I was going to say Mighty Max, but okay. Um, Bruce Wax must decide which hostage to save. Like, there weren't enough Batman parallels already. Uh, so he's got Marasi, who he's physically closer to, and she's easier to save, right? So he's going to save her. Uh, or his fiance, uh, Lilith. He has no emotional attachment to whatsoever. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm going to save Marasi. And then, <laughs> so yeah, so he goes and saves Marasi. Um, so, so what you're saying is this is an easier conundrum to solve compared to like your best friend or your girlfriend. It's like, which one do you yeah, say? This one is like some girl I just than, met or some girl that I'm attracted to. I just met. It's easier than freeze pop Arnold Batman. Yeah. Yep. Um, wait, is that the right one? Or is it Kool-Aid face? Okay, I have no idea what Batman. you're actually talking about at this point. Freeze pop Arnold Batman. Was that it's the one? The one with Mr. Freeze, or are we thinking about the other Batman movie? Sure. Who's one of the Spider-Man? He has to do a choice as well. If, if yeah, we but I, he could probably end up saving both of them. Although, spoilers for another Batman movie with Christian Bale. Not going to go into that because it's not spoiler town. All right. So, um, <laughs> what, what a tease. Bruce Wax. So, I don't know. There was something about he like kicked up a serving platter into the air or yep. elemented it up in he the totally air. He totally surfed a serving board. platter. So he, uh, yeah, that made me think of that scene from um, Clint from Fistful of Dollars from Back to the Future. Uh, oh, that's what you were. I was, I was thinking yeah. um, it would remind you of in Breath of the Wild when you shield surf. Because uh, yeah, he, sur- he surfs on it at one point and then he kicks it up and uses it as a <laughs> shield surf. <laughs> As a bulletproof right. vest. Uh, Smart, Illumagnum. So they've got aluminum. They've got whole guns made out of aluminum, too, which is like making a money out of gun. I mean... And that is why you can't push them. I thought about saying it wrong, and then I did it. But I didn't think very hard. We could tell. <laughs> so Marasi Smurt. Marasi Smurt, Illumagnum. Um... Wax had only missed once. He still got the jitters because of what happened in Prelog. Uh, Marasi also brev. Um, like she knows that they're likely not going to kill her because they need to kidnap her from whatever their grander plot is. You know, not they're not just robbing rich people in this scene. Uh, the the bandit leader reminds Wax of Miles, who is a twinborn and lawkeeper. One of the best. A particularly um, dangerous twinborn. Particularly dangerous. So he's probably got like um, pewter and pewter. Pewter and pewter. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so what metal gives the swash pushing ability? Because they're definitely swash pushing, swinging around from the chandeliers in this scene. And I thought they could swash, only have one element. Not swash buckling, swash pushing. 
Well, all he does is push the chandeliers out of the way, and I think he destroys them doing that. Yeah, he <laughs> increases his weight by a ton, literally, so, and then forces the chandelier away. So he's already in money trouble, and now he has to replace those chandeliers, so... Well, they're <laughs> not his Ford. chandeliers. Wayne will figure it out. Um, but yeah, they're swing. I, I think even before that, they're actually swinging from the chandeliers, which is like the quintessential swashbuckling move, right? So they're swashbuckling. Uh, well, I mean, Robin Hood men in tights had... You grab the rope, you cut it, the <laughs> chandelier drops, and it swings you up. And falls on some dudes. Like Unless you do it wrong, and then it, it, you cut the wrong one, and it falls on you. Because there's a chandelier directly above a stairwell for some reason. Yeah, but in that movie, you can also <laughs> swing daggers so fast that if someone fires an arrow at you, you can shred them to sawdust as they're being fired at you. Right, so it's completely um, physically, like, physics accurate. We, okay. we, we agree. <laughs> uh, if we don't get no tolls and we don't eat no rolls. But right. Don't let that fool you. In real life, I'm actually quite large. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Wayne's in some trouble here. Should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque, a la some cartoon character. And Waxman now has to choose between his sidekick and a hostage that he doesn't care about. So he goes, like, ah, they need her. They're not going to kill her. I got to go help Wayne. Um, all right. And this is bullcrap. So on page 127 in my copy, which has the same cover as the one that's up on stream, I believe, uh, Wax jumps off of the balcony and says something about like, oh, his weight doesn't matter. Only the wind resistance matters so like i guess i i i'm kind of like half on board with this because say said literally does the opposite to fall slowly off of a cliff however that drop is a lot more time in the air right than okay jumping off a balcony what Seiza did was lower his late to weight to such a degree that he basically weighs a feather which is enough such that if you fan your body out which is something skydivers do when you drop you fan your body out to increase uh, the wind resistance and therefore fall slower. That's what he's doing. And the wind can actually keep saves it up because of how much he lowers his weight. He weighs yeah. like nothing. But also there is wind resistance when you jump off a balcony. The thing is that the drop is only maybe a couple of seconds, so it might be negligible. So I'm kind of like, I'm going to give this one a slide, but I, I think, I think that... what he does in the scene is he also pushes against uh, metal that's in the floor as well during the drop so first he jumps off then he increases his weight then explodes the chandeliers then decreases his weight again and pushes off of the nails and the floorboards so like this whole thing is okay overall but they're like the fact that he starts off with being like oh i can just increase my weight with no consequences is a little sketch but again, well, he, he, he does drop... that to blow apart the chandelier. That's why he. Yeah, I understand weight. what's going on here. I just think that Wax's understanding of physics is suspect. That might be true, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, so w would we get... it make it work better for you if it all happened really, really fast? Because I mean, it, it is does happen really fast. I've already admitted that the the short like airtime of jumping off a balcony compared to jumping off a cliff does make a difference as well. I just, I'm just saying, I don't think Wax is complete. Like, I don't think he's got a PhD. 
I mean, if he did, it was from some sort of mail-in university out in the roughs. <laughs> uh, if he had a PhD, it would probably be in chemistry or something, not physics. But All right, uh, moving on. So we get some new terms uh, for the type of Alamancer and Verukamist that Wayne is. He is a metal-born and a blood-maker. Although I don't think that we get the composite name for these two yet. But so a metal born is somebody that can create uh, time bubbles. I, I think. Am I correct there? I'm sorry. Say again. They use the term metal born. I, I thought the term for him was slider. Right. That. Oh. Uh, okay. So that's the. Oh. Uh, slider. I thought was the, was the bendelite. Yeah, we're talking about that. Then what is the other thing mean? is blood maker. A bendeloy misting is also known as a slider. Then what does metalborn mean? Does metalborn just mean anybody that is invested? Uh, I think it's Maybe. a catch-all for anyone with alimentic uh, or ferrochemical abilities. Yes, yeah. correct. Uh, I think maybe the context is weird, or maybe I just was too tired when I read it. But it made me think that metalborn was being used in place of slider. But oh well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Wayne has enough stored in his Wolverine mines. Yeah, so he got shot twice. He can get shot one more time. He's got one more reserve tank filled up. So, so what you're saying is he had three lives. This is, these are more like sub-tanks than reserve tanks, I think. Like, they're like Mega Man X sub-tanks. Actually, they're exactly like Mega Man X sub-tanks. Hmm. Ben Deloy, literary device, uh, Zach Morris... So Morassi starts shooting some dudes. Oh, I like the Zach Morris comment because he can freeze time to make a break the fourth <laughs> wall. Yep. That's exactly what they do. They freeze time. That's true. Um, so, all right. So then they were like, was that Miles? But Miles was a lawman and one of the best there is. How could he be a bandit leader? And that's the end of the bandit scene. Uh, they get away with Lessie. Not Lessie. Um, Lilith. Not Steris. Lilith. Steris. Steris Master. All right. Next scene. Air master. Wow. Hamstray. <laughs> All right. Uh, Breton, constable, constable master. He's like the main dude, and he's threatened by Wax's superior ability to keep the law. But his uh, lieutenant, Lieutenant Reddit, is actually kind of in awe of Wax. So then we get kind of a mixed bag of all the constables. Some of them really I mean, are... he did legit. They brought down, like, what? I think the number is 31. Yeah, they people. bring down... 31 bandits and the only uh civilian casualty was the dude they shot before wax and that is ridiculous back. yeah pretty good uh pretty good sense but i'm according to constable constable master Breton, you got lucky <laughs> so clearly it's not uh, skill it's luck so wayne manages i guess they've got the aluminum gun for Either for analysis or they confiscated it or something. I think there was like 10 aluminum guns, actually. Well, Wayne, Wayne takes one of them. Um, Well, he trades, trades for one of them. And he trades a little, little trades, a little drawing of a gun. But I think it would have been funnier if you traded a little toy with a flag that says bang. Right. I mean, he would do it if he had one of those. (laughs) You got to figure if those exist, Wayne's got a whole stockpile of them at all. Can you yep. imagine? All right, listen. So, like, you're in a... Yo, that's the uh, real reason he wants his hat. It's in his hat. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's lucky hat. Uh, so he's like, ah, oh, here's here's a new gun. And Wax is like, I don't have any bullets for this. And Wayne's like, what do you mean? You got bullets. 
and Marasi's also there and Wayne says something funny and she's like, I don't know how to respond, which is a typical uh, response to Wayne. That That is our response to Dave sometimes. Yeah, dude. Wayne's like, Wayne's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's everybody's hero and I'll prove it next chapter. Uh, so and he's not even in next chapter. That's how amazing he is. <laughs> 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 uh, clearly and, and wax is like uh they got lessie the the coal ass dude got your hat and wax is like maybe he dropped it when you shot him in the yard <laughs> i need my hat and that's the end of chapter six and now we have the hook that gets us through the rest of the book wax is looking for wayne's hat yeah that's what we needed sometimes you gotta do check off secret stuff what is in You just head? gotta go look for a hat sometimes. Uh, so I'm gonna t- touch back up on this point. Wax gonna try and steal Wayne's true love. And we get more character out of um, Marassi in Chapter 7. But also, I was starting to think about this. And, like, how hilarious would it be if Wayne ended up with Steris? Because Steris is just, like, this no-nonsense, uh, like, straight-shooter, serious person. And Wayne is like this total nonsense, non-serious person. <laughs> like they would be hilarious together. But I feel like Wayne would be having. Would be hel- I think it would be a bad time for Steris and a for great Steris, time for Wayne. Exactly, and a fantastic time for us. <laughs> 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 Although I, I I dug even further, and I thought about this even more deeply, and I thought Wayne X Yasna. That's the dream. Wayne Yasna. What is this madness? No, no, she wouldn't. Yes. She couldn't. She wouldn't. And but there would be like a certain appeal to Wayne for her. Like Steris is just would just be completely like shut off to him. But for Yasna, like I think that she would be interested enough in like trying to figure out Wayne that she would stay with him. Like as a scientific experiment, sure, Yasna's <laughs> all about that. But like uh, uh like Dave and, and Becky, not Becky, like Dave and Darlene. Um, but not in that show, in the other show. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, that's the end of chapter six. Any questions? So, so are you actually amending your your ship that needs to be sailed? Are we? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to give it some more time and not jump the gun on on jump Wayne Ritter or Marine Marina, whatever. I don't know. What, there's got to be like an official ship name for them. There or something. On on DeviantArt, there's an official ship name for them, I guarantee it. Uh, I'm going to guess and say it's called Way Rossi. I like Marina. Wait, do I? Marina? I don't know. I don't care. I'm, I've moved on. It's Wayne, It's all about Wayne Snow from now on. Well, I know you're a TNG fan, so Marina Sirtis? <laughs> all right. We spent a lot of time on Chapter 6. Uh, fortunately, Chapter seven's significantly shorter, at least bullet point wise. So let's move on. Chapter 7. Chapter 7 is titled, Finally, a new viewpoint character. Wax may be Batman, but Marasi is Lois Lane. The plural of apparatus is apparatuses, but apparatus may refer to multiple pieces of equipment. Wayne traded his goggles for Wax's fine artwork. (laughs) Um, I'll just cut in real quick here. So this is, um, if you look at the the, uh, artwork, on the cover wayne right. has the goggles right we know wax is on the left because he's got the gun wayne's got the goggles around his neck right 
But in this scene, Wax has the goggles. And I thought, did Wax <laughs> did Wax steal Wayne's goggles? But then I thought, more likely, what probably happened was that Wayne went into Wax's house, took some of the paintings that were missing off of the walls, and left his goggles as a trade. So is this all to make up for the fact that Wayne's holding a gun on the cover? Wait, you're kidding me. I think you're reading I mean, this they're backwards. both holding it's, a gun. They're it, not. It's Wayne's- Wax on the right with the goggles. It's Wayne... On the left and more to the back with the hat. He's got to have a hat. He's got the hat, but Wax also wears a bowler all the time. Sure, but he doesn't need a hat. Wayne You're kidding me. Hat. Wax is the one on the right <laughs> and on the cover? Yeah. <laughs> I know. But he's the goofier looking one. There's no way. No. We got to... We'll, everybody go home, do some research. Next week, we'll argue about which one's Wax and which one's Wayne on the cover. <laughs> but... I think we broke Dave. I did. This does kind of blow a hole in my whole theory because I was going to say, assuming that Wax is the one with the longer hair on the right, or sorry, assuming that Wayne, because Wax has, if if Wax has the gun on the left and Wayne is the one with no hat and a little bit longer hair in the goggles, right? That was my, that was my take on the cover art. But clearly the, whichever it is, the man on the right is, is the focal point of that picture correct and so i thought the focal point was on wayne and that's why (laughs) clearly honestly like wayne's the focal point of the cover art and whoever drew the picture they know what the people want i mean i can't follow that logic i'm going i need to look i don't i wish i had the book right in front of me now so i could just there's no way dude yeah that's that's as i've been reading the book i'm still gonna picture the dude on the left being wax when i'm like picturing the scenes in my head as i read this is we need next book yeah keep in mind wax is older and the guy on the right looks older he's older by like six months he's older by like 10 years no he's not but wayne's also spent more time wayne mm, wayne has spent more time in time bubbles so he would appear older than he but not 10 years maybe I'll give you five know. years in time bubbles. Then why is like the short haired dude look all like really serious? And then the other guy like, like, uh, let's see what I can steal. No, like, no. On. The guy on the right is analyzing the scene, trying to determine what clues he can get. You know, it's totally Sean analyzing, getting his little clue face. Who's Sean? Sean Spencer. And oh. it's like, <laughs> okay. uh, and, and meanwhile, the guy on the left is like, hey, I got a nice hat, which is totally a Wayne thing. But it's not a Gus thing. No, I didn't say it's Gus. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's there's Wax's, Sean and some. That's there's Sean Wax's and other Sean. Face. <laughs> Wax's I got a clue face is very similar to Sean Spencer's in Psych. That's all I'm saying, and that's that's the face he's giving him on the cover. All right, I'm just gonna look up picture here. All right, ready? All right, so the guy on the left, he's tipping his hat like we're getting some serious business done, and the guy on the right's like, "There's sand in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't i i i seriously i don't care my head cannon is still the dude on the left is wax and all right, on the, right the, the other covers are going to be wax. very confusing for you then are they going to be standing over a coloss with a buster sword if only man <laughs> look at these two guys like which of them looks like a handsome like high society the guy on the right no Dresden, long, yes. longer the hair right. He's no, his, he's got longer hair because he's like more chill and that's cartoon not how character. it was back then, though, wasn't it? 
Long hair means you can use product for your hair, therefore high society. Long hair means don't care, bro. (laughs) Mike's got it. All right, all right, just like cut out chapter six. This whole episode is just us arguing about. You, you realize it would covered. be better if they actually gave Wayne a dueling cane because then we would know exactly who's who. But the fact that they gave him both guns is just like ruined. Oh, I have I a thing even... on dueling canes once we finish with chapter seven. I don't even see the man on the right having a gun. When we finally finish with chapter seven in three hours. <laughs> I have a thing about dueling canes. <laughs> All right, let's get to chapter seven and yeah, argue more about this next week. I've got like thirty minutes left. All right. Um, Clearly, we could talk about this for a long time. So, what? The, whatever. Whoever Wax is, what does he mean by alloy? Echaboron, breeding alamancers, mischief percent. Man, I forgot we were just on the bullet points, no less. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so chapter seven, we get the viewpoint of Marasi. She's going over to Wax Mansion to to help out with it. Wax Wax Manor, yeah. Ladrian Manor. She goes out, you know, because she she wants to help out with investigating about her cousin. You know, there's no other kind of reason she'd want to go over there. Um, The House of Wax. House of Wax. So yeah, she's got a total crusherino on wax. Um, but so she's more like Lois Lane because she's like the reporter, right? Trying to like learn about the superhero and like has a crush on him. And Batman doesn't really have an equivalent to Lois Lane, so maybe it's not that fair. But I mean, we could just we could just use Lois Lane. That's fine. Yeah. So Marasi's Lois Lane. <laughs> There's some artwork missing. Uh... So Wayne kept, keeps talking about alloys, but the whole time I'm like, does he mean alloy in the scientific sense or in the allomantic sense? Uh, I don't know, who cares? He's kind of swapping back and forth between them without any sort of signal that he's doing so. It's oh, fairly well. irresponsible. So he's in a stinky lab, but Marasi still thinks he's cute. Um, something, he it's mentioned some kind of... in the air. Hmm. He's mentioned some kind of uh, alloy with he mentions that there are different aluminum alloys that potentially he needs to look into. And one of them is called Echaboron or something. It mixed with, or aluminum mixed with Echaboron. And wait, 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 wait. This is important. Commissioner Gordon's daughter is Batman's love interest or also Catwoman. Commissioner Gordon's daughter is Batgirl. Yep. That is um, true. Spoiler. Who I would like is to point really? out is what? a librarian. Isn't she also Oracle at one point? Rachel Gordon's a librarian? Uh, to Craig's question, yes. To Tori's posit, I have no idea. To Dave's question about that Tori's posit, librarian. Yes. I equally have no idea. Is her name Rachel? I feel like her name's Rachel. No. Barbara. Sarah? Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bruce Wayne did have a kid with Talia al Ghul. Right, that's I, true. I, I do remember a scene from uh, Batman the Animated Series where... Barbara Gordon is in a library and changes in the Batgirl, but I didn't realize she was working there. If the Batman Asylum games had taught me anything, is that a lot of girls want that Batman. So what you're saying is Batman is a harem anime. Yes. Okay. It isn't not that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was one book. Oh, shoot. I forget it. There was a compilation that someone recommended for like, this is a good Batman series. And holy crap. It's just all of these women throwing themselves at Batman, like like Catwoman and and all the others. I'm like, no, this is this is just too much. 
No thanks. And that's the end of chapter seven. Any questions? Uh, oh, yes. yeah, the whole breeding alamancers thing. So, yeah, uh, Marasi suspects that they're kidnapping women that might have uh, alamancy in their jeans. Um, even though women didn't wear jeans back then, they wore dresses. But I'll allow it for now because it's fantasy. Where else would you keep them? <laughs> uh, and that she suspects that they're going to breed an alamancy army. Um, my previous guess was that they're going to use them for hemology and take their powers spikingly. Maybe they'll do both. Why not both? Why not sure. both? All right. Did you read the broadsheet or are you saving I, that for next time? I assume the broadsheet was intro into chapter eight, so I saved it. Oh, okay. Then I'll save my thing until after spoilers. The broadsheet's so good, though. They're the best part. Even though the thing I want to talk about isn't really spoilery, I'll... In deference to Dave, I will save it. In deference to death. All right. Anything else for Dave now that we are uh, a yes. calendar hour into this because Dave wanted to argue <laughs> about the cover? This is important. Next I'm week. Still, I don't I don't believe it. You guys are trolling me so Next hard. week, we are doing cast lists. So Dave needs to come up with. My cast list is partly based on the cover art. This isn't. Then that is fine. That's just what you're going to use. <laughs> These things happen. No questions for Dave. Bye, Dave. What's up, Craig? Uh, do I have any questions for Dave? Nah, not really. But make sure you have your cast list. Oh, you were going to be the best. I mean, cast list. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess I'm done here. I'm going to make breakfast. See you later, guys. Bye, Dave. Bye. Bye. All right, Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And spoiler time. I uh, don't get it. So the thing I wanted to bring up is that we get a good bit of art of a dueling cane, and it looks so much more ridiculous than I had ever pictured it. Where where do we get that art at? On the broadsheet. Okay, I don't really see it. Like, in my e-reader version, it's really small, so I can't really make out any of the pictures. It's on the bottom. I think it's supposed to be, like, some art of Alamancer Jack and uh, his terrorist companion, whose name escapes me. Anybody? I don't remember. No. Anyway, uh, it shows Alamancer Jack with, I believe... Like, either a rifle or a shotgun or whatever, and a dueling cane. The dueling cane is, like, crooked handle, like a normal cane, and then, like, a wooden hilt kind of deal into looking kind of like a sword, and then it's tipped again like a cane, so there's, like, a little rubber nubbin at the bottom for actually, like, walking with it, and just everything so about that as a melee weapon is bad. Okay, so I'm looking at the picture of... That's a real thing, though, that they did back then. So the picture of Alamancer Jack, he's holding a... Is that a cane? Yeah. Huh, it looks sort of like a sword, but not quite. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even I didn't even notice, but I, I just pulled it up on no. the copper mine and... Okay. Dueling canes were a thing. Sanderson did not make those up. But just, did they look like that? The design of it is Wildly so bad in every way. Which is why people don't use them. It's so bad. I don't have anything else for spoiler time. I wasn't even going to have one hey. since we ran so long. But it's Someone bad. 
Someone made dueling cane, and it looks partially like the handle of a gun. I got a picture. Hold on. I need to like this. This is significantly worse. (laughs) Hold on. This is important. I'm going to put it in spoilers. Give me a sec as soon as I get it up. This this is this is what Wayne's holding. Like this is remember gun blades from Final Fantasy VIII. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say on a scale of dueling cane to Final Fantasy gun blade, how ridiculous is your weapon? There you go. I just posted a picture. You guys can see for yourself. And uh, for those of you who are listening who want to see the picture, we have a uh, Discord channel where we post all the things. So please take a look at our Patreon. Uh, and there's a link to the Discord server from there. Patreon.com slash CosmereCast. Um, anyway, the the reason these are so bad is the way you grip something for use as a melee weapon versus the way you grip something for use as a firearm are sure. wildly different because of, of like where stress is going to be and yep. like how you can brace it against your wrist and it doesn't come flying out of your hand the moment there's any pressure on it from the wrong direction. As I've learned from playing VR games. I actually like that part of Final Fantasy VIII where you're using the gun blade and you have to hit the button at the perfect time to make it fire while you're hitting it with the sword part. You remember that? Oh, I, I remember that. that. I thought that was fun. I always I always liked the, the characters that have the weird button combinations like Sabin in Final Fantasy VI. He was my guy. <laughs> He was he was a fighter character in an RPG. Because the weird button combinations like Yep. And then you mess it up and like, no, I didn't want to oh. Yeah, and on Final Fantasy VIII, Zell had the same thing going on, but I, I liked the gun blades. I did. Well Zell it was just his whatever the limit break thing is, right? I don't know, it's been a while. Anyway. But yeah, that's that's legit, Mike. It's it's impractical. But so when when I pictured that that Kane wielded dueling canes. I didn't picture any, not my picture here, not what Alamancer Jack is holding. I pictured more of an actual, like, sturdy, thick cane, as in a modern usage of a cane with a a curved handle. And he would whack people over the head with that. I mean, that's fine if you would like to disguise it as something else. Yeah, it's like more of a, it's more of a fancy baton. Um, But, but for, when for... they when they talk about dueling canes, I always I always mentally picture, and this is totally wrong. I always mentally picture like we're fencing with them. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, like for for practicality, as a primary melee weapon, it should just basically be a long stick with like some some uh, leather wrapped around the the guard the handle for a so grip. like a pull stick, except probably thicker. That would work. That would work just fine. That's a better melee weapon than this <laughs> impractical piece of crap. Okay. I don't know how Wayne is one v is one v oneing dudes with this thing because it's a big stick and you hit people with it. Ta-da! So, so the picture I posted. What if that's not where you hold it, but that's where you hit people? That would hurt if you hit someone with the, the knob. That would hurt. Well, then we're getting into Hello McFly territory, and we've already had too much Back to the Future going on. Yeah. All right. Do, do, I have spoilers stuff if you guys want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, but you got to make it quick because I've got things. Uh, it's it's actually pretty quick today. So Constable Breton, um, he will get impersonated by Tensoon by the end of the book. He's currently not being impersonated by Tensoon at this point in time, but at some point... Breton dies off camera. We don't even get a, a mention of it. 
but I think it's referred to that he had a like a vacation, a short period of time. When he comes back, and this is something we want to keep an eye out at the end of the book, he acts differently, and people remark that he's acting differently. This is because Ten Soon didn't have time to actually analyze his character and be able to act perfectly like him. But uh, Breton is impersonated by specifically Ten Soon at the end of the book. How do we um, know that that's Ten Soon and not just some other Chandra? I, I forgot that that happened. It's been a while. Uh, I think the there's a reference Ten Soon mentions it. He's he's in Bands of Mourning, isn't he? I could have sworn that Ten Soon himself mentions it, but maybe I'm just mistaken. All I know is that if you look up the Coppermine entry on Breton, it actually points out that it's Ten Soon. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Yeah, we'll get there. Shadows of Self Chapter 4. It might be in Shadows of Self that it's, it's mentioned. I'm not 100% certain. Well, like, there's... It's it's pretty clear at the end of this book. I, re- I vaguely remember it that, like, you ah. know it's a Chandra, but I'm wondering about Tensoon specifically. Okay, it's a Word of Brandon. I will post it in our Word of Brandon uh, page. But it was during a book signing where it mentions... Brandon mentions Brenton was killed. Uh, it's not storyline related and says I told Ten Soon to go get his bones. So it's from a book signing. It's a word of Brandon. OK. Um, the second thing I have uh, mentioned is is there's an officer ready there as or Reddit, as Dave says, which I believe he butts heads a little bit with Mercy in uh, Shadows of Self when when she sort of joins the the force. Like he wanted a promotion, but he didn't get it. And I don't fully remember, but he's there briefly. Just a little little trivia. And the final thing I had is that in Chapter 7, when Marissi, uh takes a look, she notices the genealogy uh, thing that Wax was, was putting together. Wax mentions that he has the information of these different genealogical lines because his uncle had a hobby of this. Yes, I remember that. I Okay, so I remembered reading that last night. I intended to make a note of it and mention it today. And then I went to bed. And so you mentally passed it to me, and I made sure to mention it. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. So uh, for those of you who don't quite remember, uh, his uncle is still alive and quote unquote well. Uh, He is a member of the set. He is Mr. Suit, and he'll pop up at the end of the book. But essentially, the set are up to it looks like breeding another Mistborn. Uh, But they might also be diving into Hemalurgy as well which we get hints of at the end of the book when yeah, I, uh, March gives the, the, the book to Mercy that talks about hemallergy in there. I think it's, it's more that they're experimenting with, with hemallergy or, or planning to. Um, but I think that gets derailed as soon as the Southern Scadrians uh, get captured because then they, then they shift over to like exploring their, their technology. Right. So yeah, so the the set are up to no good. They're capturing women, and they want to breed a Mistborn, as far as we know, at this point in time. Except that we should also know that that's impossible. I don't know. I don't know. Sazed changed the rules so that Spook was the very last person who could ever be a Mistborn. Then then you have to become a Mistborn through hemallergy. That's the only way, then. But then Sazed can finger puppet you, which sounds way grosser than it is. It's still Unless you use a metal that he can't... If you use a spike that he can't control, so but then, therefore, but then you're you digging into a, like very specific sorts of hemallergy. But we'll get into that right. later. We're we're running I, I up believe, on our time wall right now. I believe the theory is that you have to use a god metal that's not 
attached that's not attached to har- harmony like it's a different god metal it's something to think about god metal right man like, and now we're gonna know. get what, a bunch what would of you pictures even, what would you even call something like that would i'm just sort of reaching like trillium trillium now we're getting a bunch of pictures of dueling canes which are guns attached to sticks in our discord beautiful uh so Ufir in the chat uh mentioned the medal of preservation that hoyd stole uh he ate that he's a yeah. he's a full misborn now and True. there are no more of them there are no more lorassium beads there were only the two they take forever to accumulate and that whole area is gone now so yeah and the fact that harmony has his metal which we are calling et metal because he doesn't like harmonium or sezedium no so we know that hoyd is using Allomancy because there's references to him using it within, I believe, Words of Radiance. Um, we actually see him put metal flakes or some kind of dust in a drink and drink it. And then Shalom, because that's who he's affecting, her emotions change and sort of uncharacteristic of the emotions she's feeling at the time. And that's because Hoyd is messing with the emotions. And I'm pretty sure Hoyd was using emotional Allomancy on freaking everybody in uh in when he's wet yeah because it explains why elokar likes him so much (laughs) but hoyd would never abuse his powers like that he would you call him alucard and not adeline elokar (laughs) oh elok okay the king yeah yeah okay i can see elokar i think because i was gonna say i think adeline would like wit no matter what uh i don't think I don't think Hoyt had to do anything for Adeline to like him. But Elokar, yeah, I can see him tweaking a little bit. I think he's funny. Anyway, we should probably go ahead and call it for the for the day. Yeah, we should. Well, well I, I, need, I need to clarify this. The reason we know he ate the bead is because otherwise Hoyt can't use Alamancy because he has no connection to Skadriel or preservation. So you need to ingest the bead in order to form that connection and therefore be able to use Alamancy. Okay, that's all mm-hmm. I got. Okay, good. All right, bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. All right. See you later. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.